Oh, my God. 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 Rich. Paul. Richard Ziade. Paul Ford. This is Track Changes, the official podcast of Postlight, an agency in New York City that builds great web things. Yes. The special, very, very special episode of our corporate podcast today, Rich. Uh, sponsored content. We're going to market like crazy. We're going to talk about brand experiences. We're going to talk about opportunities to accelerate success. Except we're going to, and we're going <laughs> to connect to networks on LinkedIn. It's going to be a really big deal. Dear God. So dear God, everyone, before we walked into this podcast, the people who help us make the podcast, Tom and Elizabeth were like, let's not be too marketing. Right. Let's not sell too hard here. Right. But when you have a product this amazing, you can't help but no. Okay. Act look. now. All right. Hold on. Here's what we did. Our company, which is a six-month-old agency that usually you call us and you say, can you build something for me along my, on my terms? Yes. Our company decided to build something on its own terms. Yes. And that thing is called? Mercury. Mercury. Yes. What we're going to do is talk about what Mercury is and why it matters at a kind of abstract level. We're not going to sell it too hard because honestly, if you're the person who kind of person who needs it, you can go look at it and it's free and we'll tell you what that is. Yeah. I think that's the difference here is we're not selling anything. Yeah. You just go in. It, I'm just telling you my kid is beautiful. We kind my of little be, boy is very beautiful. We love this kid. He's a good kid. We built a piece of infrastructure for the web, but we got to back up and explain the context in which it exists. Yes. So people know what a web page is, right? I think that's – if our audience, we can take that. Uh, we can run with that. Okay. So web page is written in HTML, which is a markup language. And, you, you know, you're, like if you go to the New York Times and you read an article, that's a web page. Yes. So Google, which is a pretty big company, yes. came up with this idea. And it, they don't own this idea. It's an open source consortium is now working on it. But this thing called AMP. Which is an acronym. For Accelerated mobile pages. Correct. So the the problem that Google saw was that you go hit some web page and it's got a bunch of ads on it, and you're like on your you're on your mobile phone, your Android mobile phone, probably because yes. that's what Google cares about, or your iOS mm-hmm. mobile phone. It takes forever to download that article, like a minute. You also just narrowed it dramatically. It's an article. You're not yeah. on Airbnb. You're not on some mobile app. You're you're on a page that has a lot of probably text and pictures. You're reading an article. So you want to read something yes. on your web browser on your phone. That's right. And over the years, the size of those pages has just continued to go up. And the dependencies of all sorts of external scripts and whatnot has continued to go up. So the experience, even for sites that you know, have mobile views of their stuff, it's pretty slow. It's pretty sluggish. It's kind of painful. And But, you know, there's also this, like, there's a lot of dynamic stuff in ads. There's JavaScript that runs. It's a lot happening. So a typical article page, like a typical readable thing on the Internet, is, like, requires supercomputer level technology. It's it's pretty taxing, and and it affects the experience. It hits a whole bunch of different ad servers. It just does all kinds of stuff. It's a lot happening. So... Google came up with a way. They're like, all right, make your HTML work like this. Make the page. Like, Consistency is another thing worth noting. Yeah. Make a very consistent thing along these rules. These are the AMP rules. Yes. This is to add this to your markup. And if you do that 
And you tell us in the web page itself, if you say, hey, at the top of the web page, you put a little tag in that says, hey, this is where the AMP version of this web page is. We'll go get it, we'll save it, and we'll serve it at the top of the search results. Right. There's a strong bias that Google has put forward towards pages that have AMP versions. Pretty crazy. Like if you go in and you Incredibly search Incredibly strong bias. If you go in and you search on like open up Safari on your iPhone and you search for Trump, there's this bar of pictures and logos and words across the top of the screen. Correct. That are all AMP pages. And those pop up before other pages. Yes. And it's just Google saying, we're going to strongly go for AMP pages. Yes. So wait, we go out and we're, we talk to a lot of publishers as part of our day job. And what were they? They were trying to do AMP. Well, they have to go do it. Right. And, and there's, you know, there's nice documentation out there that's been put forward of how you can implement AMP and support it. And so there's nice stuff output, too. There's like WordPress plugins. Like it's pretty easy to, to get this going. It somewhat. Depending it, on the your state of affairs, that really is going to impact how much work. But in any case, it's work. You have to Well, and the reality is that most people aren't in a situation where they can just use the WordPress plugin. No. People many, have these very most probably mo- most of the big publishers. Most of and when we say publishers, we don't just mean like publishing companies that write and report the news, but Kind of everybody, big yeah. know, pharmaceutical firms or not for profits or anybody that's pushing articles. The, the Soros the Foundation, yeah. is good, you know, like places yeah. places like that are actually pretty large scale publishers, and they might have their own content management systems. They might have correct some really badly hacked old version of WordPress that if they upgrade it, everything falls apart. And that's right. People get fired, so they're in this situation. But suddenly, everybody else is getting their hot little AMP links up at the top of Google search results. There's a scramble a little bit to support AMP. Right. It's important to be at the top of those results. So, Like if you have a big custom publishing, you know, three engineers for three months is a normal amount of time to get this done. Yeah. Or it could be much less. It could be if you have a really tightly buttoned up content management system, it might be like a week or two to get everything set up. It's work in any case. But a lot of people, it's months. Correct. So we wanted, we stumbled into this. Yes. And we decided we wanted to help. Yes. And we are, we are here to help at Postlight. We are. We want to help everybody. And <laughs> we felt there was an opportunity to create a shortcut here so that people could get their stuff onto AMP in theoretically minutes. Correct. Like, and, and when we say that, I mean it. There's all sorts of things to figure out about your content and Google and so on. But the reality is we built this product where the way that AMP works is you just point to the AMP version of the page on a given web page. And then Correct. Google comes and it saves it and it serves it up really, really fast. And it puts it at the top of search results. It puts well. it. So Correct. what we did is we made, we made it so that instead of you having to figure out where and how to create the AMP page, you just point back to our service which is called Mercury. It's at mercury.postlight.com. Correct. You, so you sign up. It takes like a minute. And then you put the links into the pages that you want to eventually see show up on Google. Correct. You cut and paste like a little bit of code into your template. Yeah. That's what you do. And then Google comes along and it spiders your content. Yep. And then your pages are in the search results. Yes. What we're doing is we're taking that article that looks the way it typically looks on a desktop web browser, right? And automatically, instantly creating the AMP version of that article. So rather than you having to do the surgery of building 
bridges so that AMP is coming out of your publication or your site, we take care of it. You don't have to do anything. AMP is available to you now in a moment. You just have to drop a link in. Okay, so it streamlines it. it we've, we've eliminated all the work necessary to get on AMP. And it's a free service. Okay, so good for us. We're pretty great. Awesome. This is our gift to the world. Look at us. We're saints. Yes. Why did we do this? Here's where this really came out of. We were having a bad couple of months. Um, we, were, we were worried about getting new business. Well, we were talking about marketing. And we were talking about marketing. And I think we're in agreement, and we can disagree on the podcast if you like, that we don't want to market in the traditional way. Well, this is the thing, right? Like I can go out and give conference talks. I get invited all the time. We could sponsor conferences. The things that I like doing are making our space open to people for interesting events where yep. they can come together as a community. Yep. I love that. I love seeing our company contribute to open source projects. Yep. Uh, we released a thing called Lux that's like a JavaScript framework. It's pretty nerdy, yep. but it is, it's great. It's powerful. Yep. It works really well. Yep. So contributing to me, like people talk about authentic marketing. And yep. we do the newsletter and, and there's all these things that we do. We do this podcast. Authentic marketing isn't like just crafting some freaking authentic voice. Yeah. It's contributing into the community in a direct way. Yeah. With the idea that that's a good way to build friendships and relationships and you can kind of take your time and let that come back to you. Also tells the world what you're about. Uh, I mean, look, this is unusual. This costs money to produce this. It's sure, worth of course sharing. It's it. And I mean, not to say it was millions of dollars, but... That money could have gone into other ways to sell ourselves. We were in a tight spot, and what we decided to do was build good software that we could share with the world. Correct. As a, as a way to sort of reach out. The, the situation I keep finding is when I go out and talk to people about what Postlate is. Yeah. Okay. So people are like, oh, you're an agency. And they assume that it's one of two things. You either come out of the advertising agency and branding world. So Wrigley's Gum needs an app because that's part of the, the marketing plan. Right. Well, we better go and talk to those guys. Right. Okay, so we're not that. Yep. Like, we, we'd love to hear from Wrigley's Gum, but we're more likely to be like, what about, you know, we, we, we just think in a different way. We think in, not in an advertising way necessarily. Correct. And then there's another kind of company, which is sort of like the strategic solutions firm. And they're like, all right, you know, we, we have 50,000 customers around the world. Yeah. And... We need to send them each an email every day. And this is another thing that we can do, but we don't, that's not really our DNA. Our DNA is product. Look, we're nerds, we're designers, we're engineers, we're product people, and we like to ship stuff. So we had to send a clear signal. That's what we decided. Yeah. We had to send a clear signal to the world that this is the kind of company we are. Correct. And the thing that we figured would be the easiest way to do that would be to solve a really ugly problem that people have and take it from something that costs thousands and thousands of dollars and takes months and months to solve yeah. so that it takes like a minute because that's what software does. Exactly. And, and the other thing worth noting is we constantly have the wouldn't it be cool conversation right. in our offices. Like, hey, you know, if you just took this blue block and glued it to the red block, wouldn't it be cool to just make it do that? So frankly... It's an itch that has less to do with business goals and more to do with just enjoying building stuff and the satisfaction of solving a problem. Oh, we have to manage it yeah. all the time. Yeah. So back to your narrative here. I mean, you know, you said you were, we were in a tough spot. Uh, this kicked off, what, a couple months ago? 
It did. We were having we were having a couple rough weeks. We wanted to figure out how do we get people to to pick up the phone. So right now we're not in that same tough spot. That's the thing. In fact, we're we're almost terrified of the buzz that may come out of (laughs) Mercury. But it's all good. Are you comfortable being vulnerable about the fact? Like I can see when I say tough spot, you you go like ugh. No, no, I, I'm fine with it. I think you just have to finish the net, the story. That is true. It yeah, has to. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have a happy. No, ending. I'm not gonna turn this into. I mean, this podcast is not about company therapy. No, That's it's the not. It's not. Talking. But there's a there was a real situation. Like we didn't just sit there and go like, hey, everything's going great. Let's make this product. We were having a hard time communicating what we were about at that moment. And we're like, what are we really about? Yeah. And what we decided what we're really about is shipping software that just like cut something out that really sucks. If you are not somebody with this problem, this is a pretty boring piece of technology. Like this is not something someone's going to download on their phone and be like, wow, those guys are post light. No, it's, it's solving a nasty, expensive problem. Yeah. Yeah. But the deal is if this works for you, and we just actually freed up about $100,000 for you to go solve something else. If not more. If Yeah, exactly. Easily. Yeah. So if you're someone in this, if, if you test this thing out and it works for you, and I think it will for a lot of people, you can go build another app. Yeah. You can fix the bugs that have been bugging you instead of having to deal with this new freaking thing that's yeah. just come in from Google. Yeah. And I don't think this is the last thing we're going to say, right? I think, you know, what is your next marketing campaign, Postlight? And it'll be some other tool or some other experiment or some other weird What's thing. the second product we shipped? The first thing we did was a little... Um, gift battle. Gift battle, which was a way to trash talk people using only animated GIFs. Yes. Giftbattle.zone. Still yes. there, still running. It's yep. fun. Uh, and it was a good experience for us. We, we learned how to work together. We learned how to sort of, we just sort of, as a new company, we shipped a product that felt really good. Yeah. And so this is the second one. This will be a part of our culture. I mean, it will be part of who we are. Here's another thing. And I, I think I touched on this last week and I, we wanted to save it for, for this podcast, which was every so often publishers wake up and something changed. Oh, it's brutal. The web does not wait for... Well, it's not just the web. It's just Google changed something. The SEO got tweaked a little. Or Facebook decided to move this thing over here and turn down the dial a little bit on these types of posts. And it's very powerless. It's incredibly powerless. Facebook might pay attention to how this would impact, you know... Google might pay attention to how this would impact the New York Times, CBS. Yes, but if you are a 50-person company and like maybe 10 million people a year look at your stuff and yeah. you know you have a little sideline over here I just they can't think about you. You are right. you are just a data point and yet you are totally relying on them in the same way that you're relying on like the electric company. Pretty much. Yeah. And so th- what's nice about But it's like the electric company decides that one day, like, you don't really need electric lights anymore, but you yeah. can use your stereo. That'll light up your house. Right. See you later. You're bye. beholden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think what's cool about a tool like this is it's sort of, it, it, it's very empowering, in fact. It's, okay, cool. You did this thing, but here, I'm going to react to it in a very simple, easy way rather than and worry about a three-month project. That's right. It'll take a minute. I'm not going to panic over your thing. Exactly. And that's, we've been having an internal conversation about you know, I don't think Google thinks very much about us or anyone, you know, aside from giant competitors like Apple or maybe Facebook. But what would the Google reaction to this be? Because they've created this very buttoned up, structured mm-hmm. thing called AMP. And they could shut us off. 
It's they worth could. noting. They, that's true. They could decide it's that they don't want... Highly unlikely, but... I don't think that we're going we're gonna to be a blip, but I think that it's interesting that we're in this world where we are these little organisms kind of thinking, how is Google going to react? Did they build this thing because they want people to actually implement against it themselves? Are they trying to use that as a filter so that it's only big publishers who can get involved? But then again, there's like a WordPress plugin. So it doesn't matter. Like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of blogs could easily get into AMP. So I think they they want everyone into AMP because they believe that their algorithms can sort the content and provide good search results. And as a product, they're pretty good at it. And it's worth noting the AMP has been conveyed as a standard. That's right. Like anybody's welcome to implement it and build tools around it and build parsers around it and whatever. Honestly, as far as these things go, it is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, look... It is terrible. The f- opening an article on your phone, I, I don't know what my phone's doing half the time. No, it's, just, it's, it's just hot. Like steam is coming out of the back of it. Your phone shouldn't be hot because you're reading about Some words the, are the coming Knicks. in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you, know, you and I always often joke about how it's considered innovative to sort of dial back to the older way stuff got delivered. Which I mean, was just text and images. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. We keep rolling back to this, like, the old world. And one of the reasons that I'm okay with talking about nostalgia on this podcast is that we keep going back to these old ways of doing things. Like, this is markup languages that are strictly validated. This was a hot topic in 1999. Yeah, exactly. And we've gone back to it. This is not necessarily an API. This is not something fancy that sings and dances. Rather, it, it's Google saying... We will get your stuff there faster if you button it up. Yep. I mean, it's way less data over the wire. That's right. Way faster. If this was like a, you know, I mean, services in third world countries or whatever it may be, I mean, it's a world of difference. I mean, for us, it's not as noticeable than, you know. But how did publishers get themselves into this situation where they need this, where they can't implement it themselves? We're, in, we're saying we're going to take these three months. Like, why is it going to take somebody three months to do an AMP implementation? That's a, if we turn that corner, right, we're getting into the world of the tools and the content systems that people live on. That's the thing. That are, there are people who continue to this day negotiate with those systems and don't find them to be empowering at all. Right. So they're using old busted software. I think we know that. I think we know or that. Band-aided. It's just, it's yeah. not busted necessarily. It's just continues to get sort of plugged up as needed. But let's go back to an an earlier thing you said, right? Which is that this new damn thing shows up and you have to react to it. It's another curveball. It's it's not just one. It's like, okay, so I'm publishing to the web. I'm publishing my web pages. And then one day, Steve Jobs gets up on stage. And there had been mobile efforts before, like WAP. Remember WAP? Yes. Like web accelerated pages, which sounds a lot like accelerated mobile pages. Yeah. I think it was web. Anyway, it was WAP. I don't know what it stood for, but I think it was that. And that would work on those little tiny like Nokia screens. You yeah, can yeah, get yeah, your yeah. data. Yeah, really tiny ones. Yeah. So on and so forth. But suddenly Steve Jobs stands up. And the thing that I remember from that initial iPhone announcement was the web browser was a full-fledged web browser on the phone. Like all the other stuff, he was like, eh, it's a good phone. And oh, totally. Whatever. But the thing that you saw was, oh, yeah, my God, that that's a computer. Transformational, yeah. Because no one had put a web browser onto a phone, yeah. like a real one. Yeah. There were all these things where it would like take pictures of the pages and send them down to you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. This was the real deal. And the web was dominant at that moment. There were no apps. 
That's right. So suddenly your phone was going to give you access to this unbelievable range of stuff. And it pretty much worked, but it actually didn't really. It was actually kind of hard to read most web pages on a mobile device. That's right. So that was like the first great wave of, oh, God, we're going to have to deal with that. We need yep. new headlines that will fit better on mobile. Yep. We need to think about the type. We can't run ads. We can't, you know, so on and so forth. So people started to deal with that. And so now you had like mobile versions of, of websites mm -hmm. and desktop and then responsive design showed up. Yep. Actually, responsive design becomes another platform. And then Android shows up and it's a little different. And uh, then Facebook shows up and Twitter shows up and you have to publish. So, you know, as we've been figuring out how to communicate as a company, when I sit down to make a list of all the things that we use to send out like a newsletter to a couple thousand people, yeah, it's unbelievable amounts of work just to, to communicate across all these platforms as a little company with a small audience. Yeah. If you're a big organization with an audience in the millions, it's exponential. It's hard to move. And it's the most expensive thing. It costs as much as hiring a lawyer. It's, it's costly. So I know I spoke at length about that, but I think that's where publishers are. I think it's like every yeah. damn thing that shows up. There was it, a little hiatus where everybody went to the app for a they little did. bit. And they thought it was going to be yeah. the Esquire app right. for $4.99. And that ended fast. And we're back to where we were. Apple was literally promising publishers at that point. They're like, we solved it. Just yeah. like we did with music. They're just going to be magazines. And the iPad, I mean, was, kind of yeah, the iPad, the iPad. was going to be like the, the miracle device to save yeah. publishing. Yeah. Turns out the world went more social. The hyperlink became even more amplified in its importance, right? But people also still are really trained not, not to buy content, except for books. They, they'll buy books online. Yeah. But they won't buy like recurring periodicals any, or, or things like that in the same way. And you actually had to send a really loud signal, like a paywall. Yeah. So what you have with AMP is, all right, we're here now. <laughs> How do we make it really good and fast and consistent? And I think that's what AMP is. That's the overture being made here. I think it's good. I mean, I, I, I hope everybody else just sort of adopt. I hate that there is a different standard now for, I think LinkedIn is working on its own standard I didn't know anybody read anything on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn's huge. It's a horrible, huge thing. I just didn't know. I just all I get is you know connection requests. No, you I can didn't... really publish on LinkedIn and yeah. get. I mean, if you especially if you publish a certain kind of thing, right? If you right. publish business centric, yeah, the ten innovation tips that you need in order to marketize your whatever. Right. Five warning signs that someone's about to quit. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Facebook with their instant articles. It's too bad that it's getting disjointed again. Like we haven't agreed upon. Yeah, we have AMP, but now we also have instant articles. Well, we have HTML, which AMP actually really behaved itself in terms of carving it out itself out of HTML. It did. It, as we were building this tool, we kept bumping up against the fact that Google doesn't let just anything through. And yeah. the web has always been very, very tolerant of just garbage. I got you an ad and like seven JPEGs and, and like some text. Yeah. I didn't close any of my tags and whatever. And you just, you kind of stumble in drunk as a web page and you're yeah. like, your clothes are in tatters and the web browser gets that monstrosity. It, fig it just, it's, it's just very like, forgiving. It's just like, all right, let's, let's just figure out what we can do here. Let's clean you up and put and you up. The browser is very forgiving. Yeah. And it's just like, take a hot shower, 
Get yourself buttoned up. Let's put <laughs> let's put a clean shirt on you. And that's what the browser does. Right? Yeah. You give it this mess and it's like, all right, well, we'll we'll make you ready for consumption. Yeah. You show up in AMP and you're not wearing a tie as a web page, you're like, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. It's jacket and tie only. And so that's why it's all these major media brands that are in there now because they can afford to go out and get the nice, you know, the nice tags. Put the work in to make it work. Yeah, exactly. They'll yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. So that what we do is we make you look good. Yeah. That's what our service does is it puts like a dicky on so it looks like you're wearing something under that shitty sweater. I don't know what that is. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you set this up? You go to mercury.postlight.com. You sign up. Very small sign-up form. And then you get some instructions and you're on your way. I mean, I think that, you know, we got the point across, right? Like we're, we've advertised this pretty well. Yeah. And if you're a publisher and you want to deal with this problem, um, give it a whirl. It's free. Yeah, it's a free tool. I mean, that's why it feels less like advertising. Why did we release a free tool? Well, I'll tell you, you know, we're bidding on stuff right now. Things are pretty busy as far as the pipeline goes. We're bidding on stuff and we're seeing, you know, in some, some cases who we're up against. And it's very flattering after seven or eight months to be in the running with shops that have been around for years. This is real. Like we're st- we're going up against companies that have hundreds of people that we respect. Like not this is not we're not the sort of people who sit around and are like ah oh, they yeah. suck they're big and lame. Like yeah. they're smart talented people who can get stuff done. Yeah. So there's there's one part of me that's incredibly proud of that fact, and there's another part of me that hates that we're lumped in with them. And, you know, when we had Dean Hakamovich in here, I was talking about this in the context of Microsoft, but there's always this fantasy that, like, you're sitting on the end of the dock and the helicopter lands yeah. and the guy comes out and he's like, hey, we need you back in. Yeah. And you're like, nah, I got out. I got yeah. out. I don't, I don't want to go back in. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah, you and me. You want to be special. Uh, yeah. I, I want to sit I want to sit in the room and have somebody show up and be like, there's only, you're the only one who can solve So this. that's, I mean, honestly, that's partly why we did this. I love the signal it sends out. And uh, I think that's going to be part of who we are is they, they build cool stuff. And well, and also that you can bring us your most shameful garbage heap and we're, that there's still value in it. Like your, your archive of 8 billion random data points and yeah. all your analytics and like, we we like that. Yeah. Like show up, stumble across the threshold and go like, I don't know what I inherited yeah. because what people don't know if they don't work in this business, data gets messy. Stuff goes in the databases. It's all supposed to be nice and clean. I put all my articles in, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's a pile of stuff. Yeah. And the signal we want to send is that there's kind of no problem too ugly. We're ready. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, just... In terms of the types of itches we want to scratch internally, I mean, we're going to do stuff like this. So, yeah, we're growing, and there's going to be more products like this. It's weird because it's it's almost like we're backing into it. Like, I look around, I'm like, wow, there's some actual open source activity around our company, mm-hmm. if you look on our GitHub. And we're launching a tool, a piece of infrastructure, some plumbing for the web to make it easier for people to do stuff. That's right. All right, we have to talk about something that isn't us marketing ourselves. I feel no. we've gone way too far. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's, let's cut mercury.postlight.com. Go grab yeah, it. It's let's, free. Let's cut this down. It'll solve your problems. But, you know, we have a podcast, so we have to talk about the product we're launching in the podcast. So we're learning this part of it. Totally. <sighs> so Tom sent us a question. Our good friend Tom. About if AMP is relevant or related to what Facebook's doing. And it's worth talking about a little bit about what Facebook is doing. First off, AMP is not supported by Facebook or isn't meaningful in the Facebook ecosystem at this point in time. That's right. Facebook has a product called Instant Articles. Yes, which is sort of their flavor of AMP. And what it does is it reads your articles and turns them into Facebook Instant Articles. That's and right. those those flow through and 
there's all sorts of talk about like them giving you revenue from the advertising on those and so on. But what it what it really is is like an HTML article with a bunch of stuff in it, pictures and whatever, like a regular article that lives truly inside of Facebook. Yeah, like you tap on the article in your feed and it comes up instantly. Essentially, it's been practically preloaded for you to see it instantly. So it's very attractive from a user experience perspective. There isn't that spinning browser waiting to bring the article in. It's there already. What's unfortunate is we couldn't have just nailed this in one fell swoop so that this tool took care of instant articles and took care of Google AMP so that you just have to do this once. And this is, again, more of the publisher pain, which is, oh, I have to deal with yet another master that is really, really important to me. First, I had to solve this for Google. Now I have to go solve this for Facebook. And it's the same deal, too. Like, they, they require sort of extreme validation. It's similar hoops you're jumping through. It's worth noting that we're really well positioned because a lot of the technology under the hood in Mercury puts us just about there, you know, pretty far along. We talked to support about Instagram. We actually had a debate internally within Postlight about whether let's, you know, Go whole hog here and support instant articles and AMP out of the box. And we realized that it really blew out the project. So the concept of the, the minimum viable product, right? Which yeah. is a gets trouted out a lot. But the reality is you got to ship. You got to get something out and Let's see what people out, want. See what people want. It's entirely possible, even despite this incredibly thoughtful, authentic marketing podcast that we've yes. just done, that this thing will just go beep. That's that's a completely within the realm of possibility. Oh, definitely. And so there's a point. I mean, the MVP is a way to cut your risk. Like, also, it's just I think time's of the essence right now. Everybody yeah. needs this thing. Let's get this. We're out. hearing it a lot as we meet people. That is the reality. We've been telling people a little bit about this, and they're like, "Oh, I'll give it a try." Yeah. But for us, it's an interesting problem. Like, yeah. Could you give me an article, and I could give you the AMP view, get it in instant articles, give you like a markdown view, give it to you in Microsoft Word. Who the hell knows? Like, Correct. whatever. Whatever is the thing that publishers are finding it really challenging to distribute their content to uh, as a brutal sentence, we would like to at least take a look at it and see if we could help. Right. Exactly. And and the other thing too here is publishers are big companies, little companies, little poetry magazines, little uh, small town newspapers and so on. Like there's so many people who are participating in this world. It's a very long tail. Yeah. And they don't get served very well at all. They get access to big packages like WordPress. They get access to various tools and suites online. But this sort of stuff, if they've done anything on their own or taken any risk, they really get punished. And this is that we're trying to take away some of that punishment. Just because you built a custom CMS didn't mean you did anything wrong. Right. Right. Just 10 years later, you can't actually update your homepage. But that, it it really is just part of life. (laughs) Tom, I hope we answered that question for you. Thanks for putting it out there. God bless you, Tom. All right, Paul. I you know, think, I'm going to be this honest. Didn't feel like an ad. I'm just going to say uh, that it felt right a little now. too much like an ad to me, and I'm sure. You know what? We're going to get comments about this is a little too much of an ad. Yeah, uh, that's okay. And you know what, people? I get it. I hear you. But we're we're figuring it out over here as well. Yes. Could always be more authentic. Always. Always could always because I mean, who's even authentic with themselves? Yeah. <sighs> you know what? Let's bring it up a notch to say goodbye. Let's do that. I'm proud to have launched a product. Okay. So like all the stuff about authenticity, like we built a company and now there's a new thing in the world. Another freaking thing. 
it, it takes a lot to go out there. Oh my god, it is like yeah. You know what's funny though? I will say, getting older has made this easier. I know how the audience is going to react. I know that some people are going to say one thing, some people are going to say another. I used to panic. I'm going to launch this, and people are going did to you say, really, yeah, you know, I'm going to put this out. Especially as editor- a writer, did you read the comment threads and all that? It depends. I read a lot of them. I used to read more, hmm. but there's certain like if, if Hacker News, which is news.ycombinator.com, if that that thing picks up something I write, I don't read those comments. Well, that's very tribal. Yeah, that's I tough. read. That's that's tougher. You know what I actually do that works really well. I often will read the comments three to six months after the Got piece it. comes out, because then it's no longer personal, and then it's usually pretty funny. Like if somebody's like, "This person is a garbage monster who needs to die," you're like, "Yeah, all right, fine. I, yeah. I happen to still be alive." Yeah. When you just published, you're still close to the piece, and yeah. it feels like they're attacking you. Yeah, and it's very counterproductive. Right. I've got pretty good thick skin by now. I'm pretty good, but it still gets thin in spots. The beauty of being where I am is I don't need any sort of skin. No, no, <laughs> you don't have the like the need for constant validation from thousands of people out in the world that I do. Well, I don't have co- thousands of people doing anything. Eh, we're gonna have thousands of people using mercury. Well, that'll be great. That'll be good. We're gonna do that. Uh, so we're out. We're going to see you again next week, and we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit less about Mercury, a little more about some other technology-related topic, but we'll let you know how it's going. Track Changes. Track Changes is the podcast of Postlight. If you ever need anything related to technology or you have any questions for us or you just need, I don't know, just a good a helping hand or a word of encouragement, you can send an email to contact at postlight.com. Yes. I'm Paul Ford. Rich Ciotti. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.